Hey, welcome to the Hanging with Coach Noonan podcast. Glad you found us for another season. Really hope you enjoyed the guests that we have today. Take a listen. Reach out if you want some more information. Enjoy the time. Enjoy the learn. Hopefully you get better from this. The Hanging with Coach Noonan podcast is a big fan of cookies. I'm excited to announce the podcast now has an official cookie sponsor, Texas Treaties. Texas Treaties is a Dallas-based custom cookie company that can design and decorate any shape and color combo you can think of. Not only do they look amazing, they taste great also. Texas Treaties is offering Dallas area listeners a special 10% off promo. Use the code podcast at checkout. Link to order will be in the show notes. If you are in the market for fine men's wear, i.e. suits, shirts, ties, etc., you need to check out Etiquette Dawn. I personally have several pieces from him, and every time I wear them, I feel confident, well-dressed, and I receive many compliments. Etiquette Dawn is a truly custom apparel company that will have you look, looking like a sharp-dressed man. Check out www.etiquettedawncustomapparel.com for more information. Make sure to follow them on Instagram and TikTok at Etiquette Dawn as well. All coaches have their go-to drink for waking up and getting their energy boosted. For me, that's coffee. I prefer black coffee, so that means buying high-quality beans so that I can grind and brew them at home and enjoy my cups of happiness. Viking Coffee is my go-to company for a monthly subscription of great variety of beans that produce excellent cups time after time. Podcast listeners, use the code COFFEEWITHNOONAN, all one word, for a 10% discount off. Check out www.vikingcoffeeco.com for more details and to order the official coffee of the Hanging with Coach Noonan podcast. Drink coffee, work hard. On today's episode, I'm joined by a very, very, very special guest. My dad joins me on today's episode. We get a chance to talk about his sports history, uh, a little bit of mine, uh, his thoughts on me becoming a coach, and even talking about um, what his dad, uh, my grandpa Ed, would have thought about me becoming a coach. So enjoy today's episode and the trip down memory lane. Thanks to my dad for hanging with me on the podcast. On today's episode of the Hanging with Coach Noonan podcast, I am joined by a very special guest. I'm actually joined by my old man, my dad. Uh, I've been wanting to do this for a little while now, so thought it'd be fitting to do Father's Day weekend, and uh, so here we are, and uh, I'm excited to uh, to have this conversation officially recorded on the for the podcast. Um, we've had many similar ones, so good evening there, Senor. Welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you, <clears throat> son, coach. Uh, glad to be here. Glad to be a part of it. So... When, when you first found out that I was going to do a podcast, what did you think? You know, I had to admit I was actually uh, nervous uh, because I've listened to some of your other podcasts and I, I didn't know what direction we would take it in, how, how in-depth you might go, uh, what stones you may want to try to under, overturn, but... Um, but at the same time, very excited. Um, uh, 
any any chance I have to to uh, have a conversation with you is always great. Yeah. Well, we're still to be determined where we go tonight, but you know, going all the way back to a year ago, and I told you, uh, hey, you know, my my friend convinced me to uh, to do a podcast. Um, you know, it's it's not exactly anything that you know you you'd ever thought that I would do. I'm sure. So, so what did that kind of uh, make you do aside from scratch your head and wonder? the hell does he think he's doing no i actually um to be honest with you when i when i heard you were doing it i thought that was that was a great idea that was you know you're when you were younger you loved statistics uh when it came to sports you you could just um really absorb it and and then regurgitate it and what better way than in the, in the form of a podcast? Because those didn't really exist when you were a baby or young man. Now you have this vehicle uh, to to take take you on the, on the same journey and, and share with others. So I really thought it was a very uh, apropos uh, vehicle for you. Yeah, you know, it's certainly something that I've come to enjoy. Uh, I tell people it, it is somewhat of a labor of love in that uh, it does take time to to do the the recording, and the editing, and putting it all together, and uh, you know not just finding guests, uh, but find, trying to find you know quality uh, guests uh, that that I, I desire to seek information from. You know, <clears throat> we we've had a lot of conversations over the last probably several years. Uh, where I think I probably surprised you in terms of how much more in depth and uh, how much more um, seeking of knowledge I've become. I don't know that this was always the way I was. Um, you know, I, I think reflecting back, particularly at high, in high school and junior high, you know, I, I had pretty good me photographic memory. And so I kind of coasted for the most part. I didn't, I didn't try too particularly hard um, on a lot of things, um, and then in college, I I got punched uh, in in some with some humility in terms of having to actually truly learn what it was to study, um, and then obviously trying to pursue a master's uh, required a even more effort. Um, but I think it's been different uh, ever since really getting after getting into coaching, but then also going after a master's. I've, I've really become more understanding of what it is to dive deeper into things and, and try to actually learn versus just absorb. Oh, very much so. But, but to your original point, actually, it's not a surprise. Your thirst for knowledge has always been very present. Now you're, method to achieve it has not always been the most aggressive and yes you you uh, you could have uh put a little bit more effort in all along the way i think you would have been pleasantly pleased with the results had you done so but to be uh to, to be hungry for information to learn you have always been um very 
uh, available and, and desiring uh, to get that. And when it, particularly with, with sports, I mean, that's always been your, your uh, strong point was, was sports in general <clears throat> and your consumption of it. Um, uh, so now you're just, you're using it, but now you're mature enough where you can see all the doors that keep opening up, whether it's through certification, through your master's, through your your own trial and error in your workout programs, and of course your podcast and, 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 and networking with all these other people and sharing similar stories. And, and I mean, it's just, it, it, I think it has just, um, really fed your 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 hunger for for that knowledge and and, and expanding it further uh so it's it's exciting to watch that development um as 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 your dad um this is something that we always want our kids to do is to never stop learning always always seeking it and 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 doing it on their own and obviously um i have to say i think you enjoy it uh, which is which brings great pleasure to to me yeah. Um, moving away from me for a little bit, let's let's kind of talk about you and you know just kind of run down your your sports background, um, you know, and kind of where, and then we'll weave that back into to to where I am today with it. Okay. How far back we want to go? Uh, you can go. You can go as far back as you want to go. <laughs> um, so, uh, growing up, um, my my dad was was a sport fanatic, but only from an uh, from an observer standpoint. He did not play sports. That was you know. Uh, so, uh, but he he uh, definitely tried to live vicariously through me on it. But I also enjoyed it. So. Uh, we had two two avenues growing up uh, when, you know, from a very young age. One was you, you had little league baseball, uh, you had pee wee football, and um, the YMCA was not as developed as, as, as it later was when you were younger. Uh, and then and then we had uh, the neighborhood program. And I say program it was a very loose um, uh, society of of games where one street would play the other street and on my street um we were predominantly uh we had females and uh, not too many guys and uh, and i was the one who had all the different equipment i had the bats and the balls and the gloves and so we set up we set up um games on the street or in the street or in somebody's yard depending on the season uh to run all all throughout and we would I would teach the girls how to play, how to catch a ball, how to how to tackle. We actually played tackle football. Uh, we actually have some Super 8 video uh, of playing some tackle football, uh, which is hilarious, and and, um, and baseball. Um, but then, but from an organized standpoint, little league baseball was my my youngest earliest experiences. You know, starting uh, in the pee wee. Uh, we didn't do t-ball, so you know you had live pitching. Uh, a coach pitched the first year, and then you went to, to live pitching, AAA, minors, majors. And when I was in the minors, 
Uh, my dad was the coach and, um, we, we had the, we were the Cubs and, um, these are the old style wool uniforms, not, not the, uh, not the current polyester type things. Uh, so these things were very heavy, very itchy, <laughs> uh, baggy, uh, type uniforms, but boy, we, you know, when your dad's the, the manager, he gets the equipment first and there's nothing like the smell of that, that duffel bag filled with balls and gloves and catcher's equipment and helmets, uh, for the new year. Uh, and man, I just, uh, love that smell. And, and of course being able to uh, try everything on first, uh, was, was, uh, just, it's like Christmas. And, uh, so that year we, um, we actually, uh, we won the first half of the season. Uh, I don't remember the team that we that won the second half, but we ended up uh, playing off for the championship. Um, I actually pitched that game and, and we won. Uh, it was a very low score. I think it was like two to one. Um, but uh, we actually uh, uh, won, won the uh, championship in the minor leagues uh, that year. So that was, a, that was kind of our highlight. Um, and then, uh, you know, when you entered middle school, you had the opportunity to play more sports. And uh, uh, so naturally, I tried out for for everything, the first one being football. And so in, in my day, seventh grade was your was your first year of middle school. So it went seventh, eighth and ninth. And then high school was 10, 11 and 12. And, uh, in seventh grade, um, you know, I was average size kid. I was a very slow, um, uh, student of the game, but, but, um, uh, not, not a whole lot going on. Um, but, uh, and, and no real experience. Just trying out for the team. And in those days you tried out in, in gym shorts and they basically put you through some drills and I remember getting cut the first day. Coach said, thank you. See you later. Hit the showers. And uh, so I, I was dejected, but I was actually uh, very nervous about coming home and telling my dad that, you know, I didn't make it because I mean, he really wanted to see me make the team. And in those days, my dad traveled a lot. So during the week, he was out. And then Friday, Saturday, Sunday, he was home. And Monday... And he would always like to watch the practices. And um, he said, he said, you go back and tell that coach that you want to be on the team. I said, dad, I can't tell him that. I mean, you know, he's got it. He says, I don't care. Go out there. And he, he literally made me go out. So every day I would go out there, the team's practicing. I'm in my gym shorts. And, and mind you, in middle school, you don't really know everybody, particularly the older kids. Um, you're trying out for for this uh, freshman team. And uh, all I could do is, you know, uh, run down the ball, uh, run some wind sprints, uh, just show interest, whatever I could do. I did I was just guessing at it. And finally, a couple games into the season, the coach uh, felt bad for me. He said, look, I think there's a, there's a uniform in there, kind of a Rudy story. You know, he says, I think there's a uniform in the locker room, go see if it fits, and, and go ahead and suit up. 
and uh, man, I was so excited that um, it, it, I couldn't believe the coach actually gave me the opportunity uh, to suit up. And, and yeah, it didn't fit real well, but I didn't care. You know, I felt like a million bucks and I came out there. I didn't play that whole season, but that's all right. I was in uniform and uh, we made it. And um, by ninth grade, um, I was I was a starting center. And so uh, we were able to uh, keep plugging away. But it was we hadn't we weren't we were not a very good team. There wasn't a lot of talent on this team. So that's not bragging to say I made starting center by any means. Uh, but um, uh, it was uh, very interesting. Um, there was a a uh, uh, situation where we we got a coach from um, from an all black school and and where I was at um, that school was a mixed school and and so uh, immediately everybody got nervous hearing about this coach coming over coach Jackson and uh, you know they, he wore the old bike brand coaches shorts and he'd hike them up real high and uh, whenever he'd start talking and he uh, he had a real bark, real bark. He, man, we were, we were all scared. We did not want to get on the wrong side of coach Jackson. And he was real big about uh, teamwork. Everything was about team. And um, so we weren't practicing real well in the off season uh, as a team. Some of the guys were cutting up. They weren't going through the drills. Um, so, uh, back in those days, corporal punishment was allowed, and um, we lined up outside the coach's locker, I mean, coach's office, uh, which is the, the locker room, dressing room, and uh, we were all going to get swats because some of the guys weren't weren't uh, doing their thing. We all got three pops in the coach's office from Coach Jackson, and I just, <laughs> I just remember hearing that as, as you move up the line, and of course, it gets louder every time as you're getting closer, and, and you hear the boys try to not not scream or cry or anything, but they would definitely be yelping, and you, just the fear of of it was so much worse than the actual sting. Uh, but uh, I laugh at it now. You know, we won't get into you know whether or not it was the right thing, but it, it did serve its purpose at the time. Let me tell you, we. Uh, we stepped it up and we ended up having a, uh, an excellent year that, that year, my ninth grade year, uh, from a win loss record. We, we actually, uh, performed a whole lot better. I think, I think it got the message through to us. Uh, but in middle school, uh, in those days you, you cross train by doing other sports. And so, uh, immediately after football season was cross country and we ran, in seventh grade, you ran a mile. Eighth grade was a mile and a half. Ninth grade was two miles. And uh, the, uh, the final track meet was always, the cross-country meet was always at uh, McGregor Park, big, big park over by University of Houston. And uh, uh, so you had two teams, two, two sets. You had an A team, which was your top five runners, and you had a B team, which is everybody else. And I was on B team. And um, you had these very thin uh, uh, 
t-shirts, uh, sleeveless t-shirts and gym shorts uh, to run in. I mean, these things were more like paper thin, but, you know, we, did, we didn't know any better. Um, and uh, uh, you would, we would run, run around the school, and the coaches were not exactly the most um, knowledgeable when it came to cross country. It was just natural talent. Some of the guys were just really good. The rest of us just kind of fell in place. And uh, remember the, the first year, um, uh, Coach Coach Capers told me uh, when I got out there, he he says, Noonan, you are you. Well, I I will order free phrase it. He says you're slower than dirt, which is not the word he used. But you're the only one who fits the uniform because <laughs> I was a little bit bigger kid. <laughs> so I, uh, uh, you know, but I, I always finished the race. Never walked. I could always finish the race. I was like that turtle, man. Just kept going, kept going, kept going. Um, and uh, so every year I was always on the B team. But I, but I ran and, you know, it did give me some conditioning. And, and then from there we went into swimming. Uh, we didn't have a pool. At our school, we had to go to the high school. So literally, we had to run from the middle school through these fields, which was about a mile and a half away, to the high school where it had, where they had a pool. And, um, uh, you know, part of that uh, running, uh, this is kind of out in the country. They literally had uh, bulls in the field. You had cows and, and a couple bulls. So you had to make sure you... You knew where the bull was when you ran through that field. Otherwise, uh, you were going to get chased, probably caught. And that's that's not a, a joke. That that's real. That was very real. Uh, but we didn't think anything of it. And um, uh, and then of course the the pool didn't even have lane dividers um, uh, for the lane. So you can just imagine the the backwash as as you came through uh, the swimming. Um, it was um, it was terrible, terrible. And again, the coaches didn't have a whole lot of experience with any type of a program, so we pretty much just went out there and did it. We had a couple of paddle boards, um, didn't really learn uh, flip techniques. Uh, uh, you know, you just kind of trial and errored it. You know, you didn't have YouTube in those days. You just watched the other kids. We had two guys on the team, though, that were very good, and they didn't swim with us. They didn't practice with us. They actually swam club club swim because they were much better, and they didn't want to be slowed down working out with us. And uh, uh, so they uh, and they they went on and, and did big things. But um, uh, so we would do swimming, and uh, I usually did the distance events because uh, nobody else could go could swim that far um they they were more the sprinters so i did the uh middle school 800 yard swim and uh later on in high school it became a 1500 uh, so i i swam those events wasn't particularly fast but i could i could always uh, finish them i could always uh swim them out and um uh, and then after that went into track season basketball was the only one i didn't i didn't do couldn't never make the basketball team. Uh, couldn't dribble the ball worth worth a hoop. Uh, but um, uh, track season uh, through the discus and shot, 
and uh, it, it's just it was fun. Uh, again, no coaching. We barely had uh, one uh, shot put, one disc just to practice with. Uh, we just kind of worked with each other and pointed out things to each other. No spin techniques. <laughs> you know, we didn't worry about a whole lot of a lot of technique. We just muscled it out there. And uh, but then most of the kids in, in track and field were the same way back then. There was just very little uh, coaching. Uh, they just didn't have that that expertise. So those are my years at middle school. Uh, you know, I played four sports, lettered in all four sports uh, every year, and uh, just uh, stayed busy, stayed in some kind of a condition, and, uh, and but enjoyed the heck out of it. Loved every every sport um, that that I participated in, and uh, it, it was it was a lot of fun. Uh, then we moved into a high school level and it, kind of the same thing. And it was, I think, the sophomore year, um, there was almost no weight training. We had some barbells and they, they put them on a mat and you had a 10-station a rotation, you know, curl, uh, shoulder press, um, bench press, a squat. Uh, but it was very, very archaic and and uh, and not really managed by any means. Most of the guys just cut up. Uh, but the Universal Gym Machine came out. Uh, I think it was my sophomore, would have been my 11th grade year because uh, again started 10th, 11th, 12th, and uh, came out with uh, with Universal Machine, which was a five or six station rotation machine. Uh, with a whole lot more weight, but it was a, it was a machine versus free weight, and we had just a handful of free weights. And oh boy, oh boy, we thought that was just uh, just the most fantastic thing. Uh, some of the guys were immediately could, could max out the, the weight. I think it went up to 220 pounds on the bench uh, in those days. They maxed that out pretty quick, uh, and pretty much tore up the machine because you can imagine. Uh, you know, you've got all these athletes in there and one little machine and it was, it was getting worked, but a lot of, it was still very much voluntary. Um, you, you know, it wasn't a requirement to work out. In fact, coaches were not real big on it because they felt you would get muscle bound and it would slow you down and it would make you lose your sensitivity to the ball, particularly for backs and receivers. Um, and it just kind of bulked you up. Talk about missing the boat on that, um, you know, in retrospect, uh, big time. Um, so, but nonetheless, there were some guys who just really gravitated to it and, and, and they really got some good results uh, on their physique with it and, and uh, carried through. But uh, as I was saying, so, um, uh, so in between the, uh, the end of track season and the beginning of the football season, you had baseball season outside of the school. So I continued to play Pony League, uh, which is, I think, uh, 13 to 15-year-old. And then we went to Colt, which was uh, 15 to 17. So it took you through the high school. So you could actually play high school baseball and uh, Colt League. Um, middle school did not have a baseball program. So that was your off-season 
was there in the summer you played you played baseball so i actually started developing uh, 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 more consistent skills i moved to first base uh, became a good a real good fielder terrible hitter terrible but uh low 200s average but um you know again just no coaching no you didn't have the the, the camps things like that to, to get that ed additional education. It was all by skills, natural skills for the most part for the guys that, that excelled. Uh, and then uh, by the time I was, so we entered high school, um, we had we had two teams. You had the 10th grader, basically JV, and then you had the varsity. And uh, I, I remember uh, coming to uh, to Madison High School, and uh, you know you're getting on that field, and and the size differential, your the JV's down on one end, Marcy's down the other. Those guys look huge. And you're talking about a kid who's 13, 14 years old, and now you're you're, you're up at a, maybe 15, and you're up at 18 years old, old old over here at the other end. So they've had some opportunity to develop a little bit they're much bigger and um uh madison was not known for for having a good football team we had a lot of talent but we just didn't have a good program we ran a uh, uh a single back option and uh, so we played uh, option football not much on the passing game and um uh and, and in those days, uh, guys started wearing the hair longer. Uh, you know, you had the, a lot more of the surfers, surfer dudes, and coaches didn't want that. They so they had a rule: if you didn't cut your hair, if it would stuck out past your helmet, you couldn't play on the team. So we actually lost some of the, some of the better guys because they they weren't allowed to play on the team because they wouldn't cut their hair. One of them was Brett Cullen, who later went on and he, he's starred in movies and TV series, and he's still in Hollywood. And he's done quite well for himself, uh, but he was a hell of an athlete. At any rate, uh, played uh, played center in in high school. Uh, actually, all through through high school, uh, I was uh, when I came in, I came in about one seventy, and uh, you know five ten, and when I left high school, I was 185 still. Uh, and I actually made uh, all city first team as a center in high school at 185. I was one of the smallest linemen that we had on the team. Um, but um, <laughs> our, actually, our running back, who was a three year blue chip uh, starting uh, all state running back, was 6'4, 225, and he was. He'd run over all of us. And he, he went on to play at A&M. Um, unfortunately for him, he got there at the same time as George Woodard and Curtis Dickey. So he had to play behind him, but he, this guy was a stud. And uh, so he was uh, he was our main our main back. And, and and like I said, we didn't throw much, so it was option football with some, just some quick screens, quick outs. But uh, but he used to love that that for me as a center because we did a lot of trap blocking 
So uh, I was able to uh, get a nice angle, which played to the fact that I wasn't a big guy. So I get the angle on the guard, and then the guard would come up behind me and trap the uh, linebacker, and Eddie would just burst through the middle, and he usually would go for eight to ten yards every time we ran the play. It was just because uh, he was so big and fast. And I remember, I remember initially uh, coming up from JV to varsity practice time because the the center for the varsity doubled as the linebacker so for him to get reps as a linebacker they didn't have another center I had to come up and and center during the uh during the practice and I remember the first first time uh Eddie ran right over me and, <laughs> and you can imagine the coaches with a few profanity laced comments Get the you know what out of the way, <laughs> or he's gonna run up your you know what all day long. It was like man, I learned to move fast. Uh, real quick, we ran that trap play. Um, that after getting getting run over a couple times, but um, uh, give you a, a quick uh, uh, story. Uh, first time I went up to practice um, with the varsity as the center, uh, Chuck Lamar was our quarterback. What a great quarterback name, huh? Chuck Lamar. Guy was a uh, also he was a fantastic baseball player who later became general manager of the Tampa Bay Tampa Bay Devil Rays in Major League Baseball. He was actually the general manager for for a little a few years before they fired him. But uh, he was the quarterback, and uh, uh, so naturally he says, "Okay, let's see what you got." And so. I had to practice snap to him and we didn't do shotgun. So center quarterback was under the center and he, he said, Hut. and I, I snapped the ball and he say, harder. Okay. Ready. Hut. Snapped it again, trying to get it up there faster. He said, come on faster. And we did about four times. And then on the fifth time he pulled his hands out just as I snapped the ball and just crushed my personals. <laughs> it was all I could do to not, not just roll on the ground, and uh, the whole team just burst out because they they saw it coming. They knew what was going on. Oh my God! I was talking about your initiation, and uh, after that everything was cool. But oh my God, I was hurting the rest of the day. Um, but uh, we we uh, it, it was a lot of fun. Was, there was some. Like I said, we had some really good talent. Those were big boys compared to us uh, ahead of me. And uh, we started winning. And the year, uh, my 11th grade year, we actually, I'd moved up to varsity as the backup. And uh, uh, we had a winning season uh, with the football team. And then my senior year, we actually won district and played uh, Baytown Sterling for the championship uh, for the by for the by district championship and we played in the astrodome uh, back in those days the astrodome was the stadium i mean there wasn't the texan stadium there wasn't anything else i mean and not everybody played in the astrodome it was just very very special game and we got to practice there midweek and then we played the game on, on the weekend and oh my god it was, it was just awestruck at the, the enormity of it and the, just the idea of playing in this stadium. I'll never forget that feeling. 
of running out there and it was just euphoric and i i mean i that game i played i played the hardest i'd ever played with in that game i mean talk i was so motivated um that we were there and we had a shot and this team was a a ground and pound type of game a team they were all real boxy looking um thick uh, defense they, they, the guys were all built solid and big we were we were banging some head uh, it was a brutal game halftime was the score was 15 to eight we were down 15 to eight and uh, we're, we were just you know things just weren't clicking we weren't able to get get the penetration to Eddie with the ball um, and we had brought this guy up from the, from, he was a 10th grader. He ran track. He was a super fast, super fast. And they put him in in the second half. And all of a sudden, um, Coach Matishak decided he's going to open it up. And we start throwing deep. Like I said, all along, we never threw the ball hardly at all. And this kid wasn't even used to catching the ball. He just thought, okay, he's just going to outrun everybody, throw it deep and, you know, get lucky. It, it never worked. Um, we didn't pan out. We ended up losing the game 15 days. And it was just, it was a hard loss because we really felt like we, we could have, could have won the game, but we just couldn't turn the corner on it. But it was, um, very, very memorable game. And, um, uh, and Madison's gone on to do many, many big things, uh, since then. Um, other, other highlights throughout high school, same thing I'd lettered, um, lettered in uh, cross country, lettered in track, lettered in swimming, swam 1500 in the, in the regional meet, which was at the U of H swimming pool. Um, and, and the only reason I, I, I meddled in that is because um, half the kids shouldn't even finish the distance. <laughs> Uh, there was actually one person who was very good, did some club swim, who just smoked me. But again, me just tried and true, just trudged it out and finished the, the race and, and put me in the medal. Uh, I didn't advance, but at least I medaled in the uh, regional meet at U of H. Uh, and those were exciting. Swim meets back then uh, were real exciting. Uh, you had all these different teams. Everybody's yelling. Uh, in the pool and you had that kind of echo sound and the smell of chlorine and uh, it was just um, uh, it was it was an awesome time and in fact we didn't even use goggles back then um, you know goggles the kids who wore goggles did club swim and we always kind of looked at them and went wow that's special <laughs> you know it was just totally new um, and then baseball in high school, I, I played one year on JV, and Coach and I did not get along. Uh, he played favorites, and I called him out on it, playing favorites and not giving me an opportunity. And I said, you know what, I don't need it. Uh, so I, I didn't play baseball uh, in high school, but I did play Colt League, which was the same age group and a lot of the same kids. I ended up making the all-star team. Last year, I played Colt League um, and, and uh, for uh, first base. Now, I still wasn't 
a good hitter. I think I got my average up to about 240, but I was, I was a really good fielder. But at any rate, it was it was a lot of fun and enjoyed it. I just the idea of playing playing sports uh, throughout was great. And then when I went to high school, I'm from high school went into college, and uh, you know, obviously, no scholarship offers for a for a 185 pound center. Um, even in those days, that was not much. And again, never was fast, but, um, I wasn't expecting anything, but I said, okay, maybe I'll walk on to U of H. And then I had a nice eye opening. I went to one practice just to see what was going on. Saw the size of those guys compared to me and, and the speed of the gang. That was a D one school That's back in Bill Yeoman's day. And I said, no, I don't think I'm going to do that. Um, instead, joined the fraternity and uh, played intramural sports and <laughs> had a great time. Uh, so it was, uh, you know, like many of the people that, that come out of high school, you know, you don't want to let it go. So that was the next level. You played intramural sports. And and, and so that, that ended my career. Uh, in organized sports in there, but a lot of, a lot of great memories and a lot of great lessons, uh, throughout. Yeah. I have, uh, nowhere near the, the amount of accolades that you amassed, uh, during my, my athletic career, um, from junior high all the way to, uh, to high school, you know, for me, <clears throat> I've told people, you know, my, my probably one of my best things was just that I was able to let her as a freshman in swimming. But, uh, you know, I, like you, was one of the only ones that could that was willing to do the distance and and finish, uh, you know, the hunter butterfly. Um, that's what I got. Got it in, in junior high. We actually had a, a really good. I remember that um, we had a lot of really good swimmers. Um, we were, we had a really good coach. Um, that was, I was one of the best, yeah. just all around coaches. I, unfortunately, I don't remember her name. Uh, yeah, I can picture her blonde hair, short person. Yeah, she was, she was she tough. Was really, uh, really good girl. Yeah, she, 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 she knew what she was doing. Um, you know, we, 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 all three of us swam growing up. Uh, that was the, that, uh, was the one we, we were most consistent at, you know, I, I did the little league um, baseball thing. I was horrible as a as as a hitter, um, subpar as a fielder. Uh, you know, they pretty much stuck me in the outfield. Um, I felt like I at least had a decent enough arm. I could I could get it get it back into the into the infield decently. Um, but outside of that, I was never going to be a speedster. So reacting to things in the middle uh, infield and things like that were were never going to be a, a go for me. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it all shaped me. Uh, obviously my, my biggest love growing up was football. Uh, and, uh, you know, we had some, some really good, um, junior high coaches, at least that I remember, uh, not just in terms of like, uh, of technique, Per se, because it was still, you know, it was still always a, a, a lot more of us than there were of coaches. So, so it was only going to be so much time that they could devote to that. Well, 
know, the, the key to middle school football coaching is is getting them to line up correctly. And um, well, that's when you get outside. The first part is just hoping that they put their, you know, back then we had to put our pads in our pants, not like the kids now that they've got it all sewn in and whatever. These suckers have it easy. You know, we had to actually learn how to put the pads in the pants. You had to make sure that you put the thigh pad in right, because if you put it in wrong, oh, you're, yeah. you're going to get a, a nice nut check in the wrong way. Um, but, you know, in junior high, that was the first time I really learned and understood what the rewards were for consistency and um, you know, just just doing the best that you could. Uh, I remember getting the nod to start over potentially more talented people. Um, but, you know, I, I think it was uh, Coach Leiter telling me that, you know, he could count on me. He could, he knew that one, I was going to take care of things in the classroom. Uh, and two, he knew that I was going to be there at practice every day. Uh, I wasn't the best. Um, I think as you were talking about, you know, your stories, uh, I, I think about the things that happened to me in terms of the, what we did catch on video and your, your fascination with rewinding and watching some of the, some of my, uh, I was probably calling my low lights. Um, I got jacked up a few times. Um, but, uh, you know, we, we were pretty good. Um, and then getting into high school, uh, obviously learning, um, you know, more about football and, 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 you know, how to play, uh, but also, you know, just learning, uh, and becoming, um, you know, uh, attached to the coaches that I, that I was able to, to play for, um, you know, that, that was a, that was a whole different deal. You know, you, you see that now, uh, in the way in which I interact with my, with my kids. Um, but, uh, you know, the, I, I've talked about it several times, how I attribute, um, my success and my start has a lot to do with the fact that, that, you know, Coach Mills was there to coach me, and then he was there to help get my foot in the door. Um, you know, the fact that I can text, uh, you know, well, Coach Walker um, on, on a on a regular basis, and we can have conversation, and it's a it's a wonderful thing, you know. And so, uh, and obviously, I, I like you didn't didn't play college football. I did the, the intramural thing. Uh, my friends and I, we were, we pretty much signed up for anything and everything we could. We didn't do basketball and we did not do volleyball. So we, well, I'll take that back. We didn't sign up for anything and everything we could. We did just, we did flag football and, and kickball. Uh, we did one, one time we did soccer, uh, but that required trying to get too many girls. Um, and unfortunately, if you don't have a strong group of girls, uh, in terms of being willing to play, then it just kind of goes by the wayside for co-ed, um, okay. you know, but we were, we managed uh, flag football. We didn't do co-ed flag football was always just the guys kickball. Um, we did co-ed. Uh, I think one year we tried to do um, softball and that was a, that was a mess, but uh, you know, we, we, 
we did the college experience with it and we enjoyed it. Um, we laugh about it to, to this day about just the, the nonsense, um, and such, but, you know, I wouldn't trade it for anything. I wouldn't trade any of my experiences for anything. Um, I think they're, they were pivotal, uh, in terms of helping to shape me and such. So, you know, I come back from college, I moved back home with you guys. I'm sure that was, that was such a highlight, you know, here's your son. He's been away for four years. He's coming home. He has no idea what he wants to do. Uh, he gets a job at this local newspaper and you, I'm sure you probably knew that that wasn't going to last very long. I, I'm not a, I'm not a really a salesperson. Um, you know, the way in which you are, you, you've, that, that's, that's your, your niche, your lane and you do a great job of it. Um, now the way in which you interact with people, I do believe has played a part in the way and in, in how I approach things and, and the way that you talk about your customers and the relationship that you build with those people, um, in order to retain business and increase business. I do think has played a played a role, but uh, you know I, when I tell when I when I I don't remember how we 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 came up with the idea of just going over to Bel Air and just seeing what they had. I don't I don't even remember how that became a uh, a thought process, um, but you know I, I I come home and I'm like, well, this is what they told me that they could offer me. Um, you know, do you, do you remember that? Yep. Um, you were, you were just kind of moping around trying to figure out what you were going to, you know, do LSAT and, um, try to go on with your career as a sports uh, agent. And that really wasn't panning out. Your heart wasn't into it anyway, uh, to, to go to law school. And we knew that there was a new head coach there. And so we, your mom and I said, Hey, let's go talk to them. See what they got. What do you got to lose? And you didn't want to go. You, you were very resistant at first, but uh, you trudged over there. Kind of like me in seventh grade, trying to make the team, you know, get over there and see what they got. You did. He threw an alpha at you. And as they say, the rest is history. And I just think, um, it was just it was it was destiny. It was meant to be, and and things took off from there for you. Do you do you actually, you know, before before I went over there, and did you ever think that I would become a coach? Is that is that ever something that you thought would actually happen? Oh, I I definitely felt like that was a, 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 a strong possibility, but I knew that that had to because actually um, looking back. Uh, that was something that I wanted to do, uh, and but my dad did. My dad told me, "No, you can't. You, you can't go into coaching. Coaches don't make any money. You need to get in. You need a business degree, which I ended up getting." He, he said, "Because you need to be practical. Coaches didn't make money, and back then, coaches didn't make money. They they really were. I mean, they worked worked as hard as they do now." In, in many ways, um, nights and weekends and all year and for very little, but uh, you, you had no opportunities. You didn't have clinics. You didn't have um, career paths uh, 
that would lead to a million dollar contracts like some of these D1 schools uh, pay out and whatnot. So, uh, so I didn't, I didn't go that way. That was actually something I wanted to do, uh, but I didn't do that. So, yes, I always thought you could be a, a good coach because you had a, a very studious approach to the game. And if you listen to uh, your other podcasts and the other coaches that you worked with, they always talked about your your being such a good student of the game that you understood things, you could see it, um, and that's and that's the, the nature of a coach. You're not always the best player to be the best coach, and you've heard that expression many a time. But you you studied the game, and you understood the game, and and you could communicate that to to the other guys to your teammates so um yes always felt that that was uh, something that you could do well when when you when you guys started to realize well, let me let me rephrase when did you guys realize because no one else in our family really was a, was a coach and we didn't have that many educators in in the family you know uh, mom worked in it, Aunt Trisha, Aunt Claire, Aunt Linda, and Aunt Linda. Um, but, you know, that was pretty much it. And then my mom did some 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 homeschool and tutoring stuff. Uh, but no one no one was a coach. So so none of us had any idea the 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 hours and the time that was that went into it. Um, you know, and when I first started, I was just doing videos. So for me. You know, the hours that I that I put in were because that's what I saw everybody else doing. And then everybody else was there on the weekend. So naturally, I, I needed to be where everybody else was, um, you know, I, because I just I wasn't going to be a <clears throat> I just wasn't ever going to be a slacker with that. If everybody's working, then I'm working, whether I wanted to do it or not. So mm-hmm. so when did you guys start to realize, like, you know, because there were times where I remember getting getting a t- text or phone call and it's, you know, one in the morning, two in the morning, or, you know, where are you at? What are you doing? Are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm just waiting for this to finish, you know, downloading, or I'm waiting for this to transfer over. Cause, cause when I started, it was, it was different from the way it is today. And it, it took more time. It was a lot more involved and a lot more, a lot more steps. Um, not to say that it's super easy. It now it's still, it still has its, its, issues but it's much more streamlined but when did you guys start to realize like wow this is this is a lot more than what we ever realized what a coach truly does well uh, i knew i knew it all along and i'm not just i'm not bragging um because i was you know throughout your playing career <clears throat> i was the one that got you to the games and the practices i went to the your powerlifting meets. I was talking to your coaches, um, so I understood what they were doing because I was able to talk to them. Hey, what do you, you know, what's, what do you do? And you know, you're spending a lot of time here, and and, and I got I got more knowledgeable about it. Your mom, on the other hand, did not have any idea. She did not grasp that. Even as a teacher, she was in the elementary school, so she didn't see coaches in it in that vein. So she never saw that kind of a commitment to the time. And yes, Aunt Linda taught in elementary school, Claire taught in, in, in all grade levels, but primarily the 
elementary or special ed. Uh, so none of them, like you said, had that exposure, um, but they all had the understanding of the added commitment as a teacher in general, when it was, you know, the lesson plans, the grading, the because all that was all much more of a manual basis for them than it is now uh, with 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 computers. So they were they were doing things more. They just didn't see that the the even more so from the coaches when it came to you know scouting and recruiting and uh, video uh, studying the tapes and so forth. But I I did only because I having played the game and also talking to your coaches at that time, uh, whenever we went to meets or, or practices or whatnot, and I could get, get a little bit of that. So for me, I understood it, but it was your mom that was always very concerned uh, about her little boy being, <laughs> being out late at one in the morning and you're trying to, you're trying to splice film together to get it uploaded uh, um, on huddled uh, for the next, for the practice. So, uh, yeah, she was, she was just being a mom. She, she was worried about you, but uh, but no, I, that's something I was always aware of. Yeah. So, you know, one of the other issues with coaching is is moving. Um, you know, I had already been away for for school. Uh, the girls were also leaving, or had already left for school. When I get the when when things at Bel Air didn't uh, didn't necessarily pan out, um, and I and I tell you, hey, I'm applying for this job at uh, in Crandall, and we're all like, where where the hell is Crandall, Texas? Like, mm-hmm. you know, no 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 idea. Um, and uh, you know, it wasn't just football; it was also you know a head a head boys soccer job, you know, and. and we, I think we did one, maybe two years of, of you know, recreation league uh, soccer through the YMCA, uh, you know, and, uh, and we, we, we weren't big soccer people. Um, you know, yeah, we watched the World Cup like everybody else does, but uh, you know, I didn't play it in, in, in high school or junior high, um, you know, so and obviously being a head coach. Uh, three years in, you know, going into my fourth year as a, in my career, like you know, no, no one would have thought uh, you know, that, that yeah. was even a realistic thing. And, and here we are, uh, you know, however many years later. And, and, you know, that was, that led me to, to work for one of the best people I've ever worked for um, and just to, to learn as much as I did. And, um, you know, so, so kind of talk me through, you know, that thought process and, and, you know, learning that, you know, cause from there, you know, there was, there was a little bit more moving of, of schools and then it became moving to another city. And then, you know, now we've moved again um, this past year. So um, what, what did that kind of open your eyes to in terms of that standpoint, you know, because for the most part, the, the people that you, had talked to when I was at practice or meets, they had either been at Bel Air for a while or they'd been in the area. So they, they may have moved schools, but they weren't necessarily moving cities. Yeah. And that, and that's very true. And that was, that part was the hardest part for, for your mom and I, because 
yes, we understood that you're going to have to move. Did we expect you to move every two years? That was a little bit uh, more than we probably had, had wanted to see happen. Um, but at the same time, you know, we understood it. And, um, and yeah, with that first time when you, you said, yeah, I'm, I'm interviewing at Crandall and you had another interview in, I don't know, Fort Worth area, uh-huh. whatever it was, we're like, well, why the hell are you going all the way up to there, to Dallas, when you've got Houston, which is just as big a market? That was the thing that blew us away. We're like, why are you, why are you running away again to, to that, that far away? To get a job, there's got to be something more locally, and um, uh, so that was a hard one to swallow. Once we got past Crandall, and now you've already made the leap up into the Dallas area, and yes, I, we agree. I mean, Coach John and his wife, and, and what a great support team. Um, that was some really great experiences there. Um, you got a taste of small town mentality. And how things are run, and uh, you you went through that again on the next one. But it, you know, you you those were good lessons for you, and we've we've accepted that. Um, and 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 now we look forward to okay, what's your next adventure? As long as we can feel like we're a part of it, and whether you know we're move driving the moving van and and moving the stuff or or whatever the case may be, and the new experiences, um, you know, we, we, we feel like that's just a um, continuation of, of that adventure with you. Uh, so we look at it differently. But that first one was was a tough one for us. It was because we got you back. You were, uh, you know, away for four years at college, back home for a while. Yeah, we had our, you know, you're, you're trying to sprout wings and do things and have a life. And, you know, we're still hovering and, and enjoying having you in the house again because now the girls are out and they're in college so you you got all the attention uh even though you didn't want it and so to move up to dallas was like why what are you, what are you doing to us so it was it was definitely some anxiety from that uh, but we knew that that was um, was what you needed to do and we totally supported it so uh, it just took a little a little time for us to, to get over it. But, um, you know, we just turned around and said, hey, road trip. And I know we didn't go nearly as many games as we should have uh, to support, but we did make make the effort, uh, made the road trips, and and uh, those were always fun. And and just to, uh, just to, to see you with your team, with your players, was such a thrill for us. We didn't have to necessarily be on there on that field with you. We, re- we it was m- just so enjoyable to see you and 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 your players respond to you. Uh, that that was our highlight. So uh, the, the, the trips were always always worth it. Yeah, no, I I certainly have always appreciated the mileage that you've put in uh not just for for my career in terms of getting getting uh to the games that i'm at but uh you know just even back in college um you know the the was it the first or second year 
that I was in the marching band at Florida State and we drove out uh, Thanksgiving weekend and had to get get into Tallahassee at certain times so that I could get on the bus. And then you guys went all the way over to Gainesville. And you know that was the first time the girls ever had seen like a, a real college game real college game because i don't you know growing up i think we went to maybe one oilers game is what i remember uh you know we went to a lot of astros games uh went to a few rockets games um but we didn't go to a lot of we didn't go to a lot of games um and you know i don't think we i think you and i went to like one rice game um i remember you know we, we would go and watch um some high school games if they were you know if there was any double headers or whatever in the astrodome uh, but, um, or you would come with me when we went to go, you know, when I got, when I got into coaching and we'd go scout, I remember you come with me a few times, uh, but you know, we, we didn't go to any U of H games. Um, I don't think that they were as good back then. No, they, and you know, they weren't playing in any type of a stadium that, that generated that type of, uh, uh, spirit. Uh, that yeah, that that road trip to, uh, to Gainesville was uh, was incredible. Your sisters were just because uh, they, they were still in high school, so they were just blown away seeing these guys with their bodies painted up blue and gold and running uh, uh, running through the, the the street and screaming and and, uh, and and just the loudness and the sheer number of people i don't know what the hell stadium held but probably seventy thousand or more and um uh, yeah it was just uh, just an incredible vibe and your mom and i had experienced it because back in u of h's heyday we were in college together and we went on road trips we played ut or a and m or whatever and we would we always did one a road road game minimally and uh so we we experienced it that was back when u of h was winning Southwest Conference and very competitive, and so uh, we had a taste of that. Uh, and and see you guys go through that was 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 a blast. Um, remember the first we actually we didn't go to the game. You were there. Your first game was Miami, and uh, you were on national TV, and y'all won. We watched that game, and then y'all pelted the the field with oranges, and and uh, it was it, you know. We, we were we were pumped. We were so pumped. Your mom was screaming at the TV. But the the Florida the Florida Florida State game, oh yeah, that was that was that was a blast. Yeah, you guys actually haven't you've never you've experienced that game, but you haven't experienced the FSU Miami game. So one of these days we'll we'll have to make that happen. May have to retire first from coaching, but. Um, you know, before we get out of here, the other thing that that. Uh, yeah. You know those that that you know follow me and 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 pay attention to, to me in terms of what motivates me or what what I'm you know passionate about is the strength conditioning side of things. So um, you know for for you and I, one of the things that that we bonded over was um, you know you, you you were you saw the you know the, the true almost the true heydays of of bodybuilding uh, with. Ferrigno and, and Arnold and, and, uh, those greats, um, you know, so, so, uh, w- when there was, uh, the curiosity that came into weightlifting, um, 
I don't remember particularly when, when that picked up for me, I think it was about middle school, you know, up until then we were always doing the summer, the summer dad boot camps, And we hated that. It was, because you know, if we were going to the, you know, to, to the park and, and going the three mile loop, um, you know, or if we were doing just around Bel Air and, you know, that was just not something that the girls and I really cared for. Um, but as I moved into high school and, and, you know, weight training actually became more of a thing and we would talk about bodybuilding and, and that, and then obviously I got into powerlifting, um, you know, but, uh, but that's the, some, that's something that we've always been able to talk about and, and, and discuss over. And, and so, you know, for you, you know, and, and seeing me where I'm at now in my, in my training, you know, what, what has that kind of done for you or what, what is, what are some of the things that you've enjoyed kind of seeing me accomplish uh, that you can think about in terms of, of how it was for you. And, 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 you know, cause at one point you, you did own, you were owning of a gym. And um, so that was a big deal for you in terms of just being around, uh, you know, particularly more, probably more bodybuilders, but just being around weight rooms and such in general, you know, that was still part of a big part of your, your life. Well, talk about the evolution. So like I said, I graduated high school in 75. Universal machines came out the year before, a couple years before, but they didn't hit the schools until, you know, that time. Um, People like Arnold and whatnot were just hitting the prime, and, and I used to get every every muscle fitness magazine, um, uh, Iron Man magazine. Uh, and, and in fact, um, your mom's younger brother, Ricky, was very much into it too. We would trade magazines, and he he had a small barbell set in the house. I had one of the plastic weighted ones was my very first one. And I used to, to work out with that. I think it came from Charles Atlas, um, uh, one of their mail over catalog type deals. But at any rate, um, it wasn't until I hit college that I became a true gym rat. I mean, I just, uh, you know, I, I never, yeah, I, I enjoyed looking at the at the guys and 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 respected what they were doing and I, and I and I'd bust my ass in the gym um, and I and I got some responses. I got you know I could see some changes in the body and whatnot. Nowhere near ever approaching you know that kind of physique or anything. Even though in my mind I always kind of wanted it, but it was very old school in that regard. Uh, and uh, and it was still a lot of trial and error uh, with everything uh, as you were going through. Didn't have near the equipment that you have now at your disposal. It's unbelievable how much that market has just exploded. Um, and and it and it makes perfect sense because guys from my generation created that. We we saw that we we learn from it we all we came up with the different things and and, and, um, and made it much more accessible than ever but i've always off and on have had gym memberships throughout my life 
I love the gym, love working out. That was something, like you said, you and I bonded with uh, real well. I was able to take you in, show you some some of the old school things that I would work on, and then and then as you became more knowledgeable, you were able to show me some, you know, like the Spartan workout and some of the different things that you came up with. And great, I you know I'd try that stuff and and it was fun. It was something because again, my dad and I, my dad belonged to the gym for a little bit, and that didn't last very long. It it was not his cup of tea. So I worked out on my own, um, and you know, you met somebody at the gym, and you buddied with them, maybe. And then again, you know, you, you was always trying to find somebody that had the same schedule that you did, so that you could go work out together. But um, yeah, it was, and, and to this day, still, still love to uh, uh, get my hands on on some iron. But but it's. Again, it, just to see that that passion come through you, not that not that I tried to live through you, but to see you take that passion and own it and and then, and grow with it and uh, far beyond what I ever did with it um, is fantastic. Uh, you know, I couldn't be happier. And uh, in, in fact, that you're also very good at it. The, you know, you're you're always kind of a slower development in everything you did. You know, when you power lifted in high school, yeah, you weren't, you know, that you're middle of the pack. But now you look at you now and, and um, you know, and your power lifting and the things that you're doing, I mean, you're hitting some great numbers. You've got some goals. You're getting, you're getting a fantastic education and you're setting a great example for the kids that you're with every day. And that's the best thing is that example that you're setting. That's why we did the workouts during the summer that you guys all hated. One, it was to help me kind of stay in some sort of a condition. So it kind of pushed me because I had to, I had to stay up there too. But, but I wanted y'all to have that understanding of, of a variety because we tried to create, we tried to do some different things all the time uh, to challenge yourselves physically uh, to develop stronger mentality uh, uh, to uh, overcome things and uh, I mean y'all didn't none of you could do the monkey bars when it first started you couldn't go across those things none of you could now you all could by the end uh, you know whether or not and there's other examples in there and so in fact I I, I wish I'd have done more of it with y'all um, but I wasn't that creative you know Imagine what we could have done if we had ropes and medicine balls, kettlebells available to us when you guys were younger. Holy cow. And, and we see that now in the kids that are coming up that have that exposure, uh, how much more developed they are. Uh, it's just incredible. And that's what makes it it's so exciting because it's not going to go away. You've got CrossFit, you've got powerlifting, you've got strongmen, you got bodybuilding, you got physique, you've got males, females, you, it, it's just um, fantastic uh, to see all that. And it's a good thing because we need it because as a society, we're obese. So they need the things that you can can give them. So I, I just, uh, the sky's the limit for, for you and for other coaches uh, that, that grasp that and, and utilize it. 
Yeah. Uh, that's ultimately the goal is try to stay, try to stay ahead of the, of the younger coming incoming kids. You know, most of the, most of the seniors that I'll coach probably will surpass me in a few things, not all of them, but a few, uh, but it's still, it's, it's still good. It still motivates me. And it's, it's great that, that, uh, you know, I'm able to inspire others to, to pursue better. Um, and my last question is, uh, you know, you always said that you would, you know, coaching is something that you wanted to do. And grandpa had said that, you know, coaches don't make any money. I still don't make any money. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's, it's an honorable profession. Um, so I guess my, my last question would be, what do you think he would think about, uh, my career and where I'm at now with everything? Um, you know, and, and I'm, I'm the one that decided to get into coaching and, and stick, stick it out and see where it's taken me. Uh, all I can tell you is that, that if he was alive today, he would be at everything that you, you do, whether it's a practice or a game, he would be there. He would just uh, be so overjoyed with your success in, in the coaching field and everything that you have done and accomplished, um, he would he would just want to to be there and support that. Um, you know, he he used to film my football practices with a Super 8 camera to give to the coach. It was embarrassing because it's like he he you know would zoom in on me and then of course I'd have to listen to the critique at home. Uh, why you missed that block or whatever, but he would, that's how much he was into it, but he didn't have the knowledge or the experience to know what to do with it. If he had that now, uh, he, he would probably get tired of grandpa telling you, Hey, what about this? Or what about that? But, uh, he would be, he would be at everything. He would be in just, uh, he'd be your biggest fan. Yeah. Well, that wraps up today's episode. I really appreciate my dad for making this happen. Uh, thank you, Dad, for all your support and uh, and Mom too. And uh, you know, I know, I know that you guys are are uh, always there with me in spirit. And and you know, when you when you're able to make it happen through schedules. Um, to be at the games. I, I sincerely appreciate it. We don't know what the, what the future holds, but, uh, but I know that, you know, things will always work out in the end because of, uh, the values and such that you guys have instilled in, in us and, and me and, uh, you know, the, the support that, that, uh, we were, that, you know, we receive, uh, from you guys and in terms of our, our career paths and choice. And I speak for myself my sisters and our significant others uh, knowing that uh, that we're all trying to do better each day. And, and so I, you know, I, I really appreciate that. And um, I love this profession. I don't know what else that I'd do if I got out, um, you know, and I, I, I'm understanding more and more of what this podcast and what the other things that I do do for people. So I, I'm, I'm appreciative of all their support as well. And, uh, you know, this is all, 
a lot of it is all thanks to you <laughs> in some form or fashion. So we, we just we couldn't be uh, happier for you and, and your wife. And you got a totally supportive wife, which is critical in your field. And, and likewise, you're supportive of her as a teacher and as you understand it. And she needs that as well. And so we know you guys are going to be successful, whatever it is. And we're just glad to be a part of it. And, and uh, we just we just love you guys to death. And, and, you know, just let us know whatever you need. You know, we're here for you. And appreciate the opportunity to share this uh, um, on, on a podcast. Thanks for checking out the podcast today. Really hope you enjoyed today's guest. Don't forget to leave a like and a review. We are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast fix from. Ratings and reviews really help us reach more viewers. Peace out. Have a nice day. Be the change you want to see in the world. Mm-hmm.